calling all fashionistas. You have got to check out the brand new CW Collective, empowering one woman at a time, one purchase at a time. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at CW.Collective. Welcome to the Created Woman Podcast, where faith meets fashion. This show is for dreamers, doers, and entrepreneurs. And of course, fashionistas. I want to help you discover your God-sized dream and purpose. Because as created women, we are called to create for the good of others. So let's take the journey together. This is the Created Woman Podcast, and I'm your host, Heather Frierson. Steven sat down with me a few weeks ago, and we talked about everything from being a first-time author and the struggle of building a platform, and how in the midst of it all, she too had a hard time finding significance in her own voice, just like we all do. Well, this show is super fun and kind of a two-parter, but I promise that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, Carrie's four tips she shares today will help you live your life without duct tape. got done speaking at Gather Her last week. Yeah, it was super fun. And you did something that no other speaker has ever done. (laughs) Do you know what that is? I made it rain. You made it rain. (laughs) You brought your own illustrated sermon. I did. (laughs) Living water falling from heaven. So for those listening, just what happened, you're speaking. We're outside at the beautiful, it's a beautiful venue. It was great weather. Yeah, it's super pretty. And... You're talking about the living water and it, the wind picks up like I've never seen it before. Did you notice? I did. Yeah. It's your hair rolled. was blowing. It looked it's like sort you were of rolled a in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things kind of blew off one of the tables. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then it started raining. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I, I'm going to tell you like the last, I think three or four speaking engagements <laughs> I've had must have been indoors. <laughs> But it has rained. Oh, like no. a few months ago, I spoke at a friend's church in Georgia and it rained so hard. I couldn't hear myself. It like stormed really? on us. Yes. So if you need it to rain in, in your city, I should just come just speak fa- there. Yeah. Just ask you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God it wasn't a lot to where we had to move. No, like it was it just wasn't. a little sprinkle to clear everybody off. And then it was beautiful. Yeah. So thanks for that. Okay. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself and let them know who you are yeah. and where to find you. My name is Carrie Stevens, and I am I'm a soon-to-be author. Very excited Yay. about that. It's really fun. I've been writing my first book this year. It comes out next February, and I blog at carriestevens.net. I have four kids, ages 15, 14, 13, and 10. Wow. Three boys, and then the youngest is a girl. So most days I'm, you know, a chauffeur driving people around and washing their dirty clothes. Mm -hmm. So it's really glamorous life. Um, My husband is a pastor of a church here in Austin. Mm -hmm. So I have that gig going. Just a small gig. Yeah. It's fun. I love our (laughs) church. And um, yeah, that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Yeah. I was doing carpool this morning after it's Monday morning while we're talking. And this weekend was birthday parties. And I actually had a little mommy daughter date. But I didn't have breakfast 
that my daughter wanted this morning. She said, you should have gone to H-E-B this weekend. I'm like, uh, what? Yeah, because I was taking care of you. I know. I'm so sorry on the list of to-dos for you this weekend. <laughs> I forgot to get your Cheerios. Yes. Yeah, so I can relate to that. So tell her, what's your book about? Okay. This well, my, is like the next big thing on the yes, horizon for you. Yes. It's super exciting. So I'm, um, the title of my book is Holy Guacamole. I love it. Uh, and it is a book about belonging and belovedness. So it, I take in the book, basically each chapter is a different sort of analysis of a cultural trap oh. or distraction that kind of keeps us from living the gospel in deeper ways. And so there's a chapter on comparison. There's a chapter mm. on perfectionism. There's a chapter on cynicism. So kind of the things that tend to sort of flood our lives. There's a chapter mm. on the internet and just the onslaught of media and oh, information yeah. we face. And so I do sort of a cultural analysis of it. And then a gospel centered like studies and all that. I mean, I did a lot of, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge researcher, but, but you um, see a lot just because of what you do. Yes, but I did pull, I mean, I read each sort of topic I would read yeah. and try to study up on different people's ideas yeah. behind it to sort of offer each of us like a path back, you know, to what God really has for us, which is just his deep, ridiculous love yeah. for us, you know, and yeah, I don't want to miss out on that in my life. And I feel like... Yeah. We need that as a people too. So, so it comes out in February. Yes. Or pre-sales available? Yes. Okay. They are. Well, I should have done my pre-sale before <laughs> I, but well, I'll do that right after. Yeah. We have the marketing plan is going to roll out in the next few weeks, Okay, but it exists on Amazon. So, oh. but you have like my author page isn't up yet. It's not fully yeah. Amazonified. I don't know what word to use for that. <laughs> But if you search on Amazon, Carrie Stevens, Holy Guacamole, it's there okay. for pre-sale, but it, yeah, that's it's there. exciting. Yeah. It's super fun. So when I was reading over the notes, you have a book agent, but you had one years ago. Is that right? Or is this your first? This is my same agent. Same so one. So I had the same agent for like three and a half years. But you were, I guess what you were talking about how you tried before and it did yes. not work. Well, this is my second book. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So my first book, it did not go so well. Oh. <laughs> is that why this one is Holy Guacamole? Uh, well, it's just. Is this that what one... you were saying with the first book? Yeah, that's right. The first book. Yeah. It was a punt. Um, <laughs> the first book, this Holy Guacamole wouldn't exist if I hadn't. Mm. shot for the first book at least so what happened see what happened was <laughs> um my agent was trying to sell my first book and an, a publisher wanted to buy it so I had this phone call with them and they mm -hmm. said we really want to buy this book we want to publish it it's a done deal but we want you to write something else first that's more has a broader a broader audience okay and so because my first book <laughs> was sort of like a leadership memoir, which is hard to describe. It would have been mostly yeah. geared toward people in ministry. And okay. they just wanted like a general population sure. book. They said the first book or first release, that's just more strategic. So we'll okay. publish that second. So I brainstormed the idea for Holy Guacamole with them on the phone. Oh, wow. And they were supposed to be sending me my deal. And then they backed out. No. <laughs> it was devastating. It was like awful, awful, awful. Like scrape me off the floor. I'm awful. so sorry I brought this up. I know. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, it's okay. And so I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. This is crazy. And my husband was like, I mean, you have this other idea, you know, yeah. you might as well just go for it. 
and my agent, I called her and I was like, I just don't know if I can do it again. It's so painful when it doesn't work out. Writing a book is no joke. Yeah. It really felt like a death in my life. Like Mm. I can't even, I can't even tell you. And so, um, so my agent, she's like, I mean, you might as well, you got the idea. You've got the chapter outlines. All I, it's still a lot of work to do a book proposal. You have to do a market analysis and pitch it and write three chapters. And (laughs) it's a lot of work. Yeah. But I decided, okay, I'm going to try one more time. Mm. And um, so I did. I sent it to my agent. I'll never forget. She emailed me back. She goes, do you think it's ready? And I was like, <laughs> like if I know. Like, I guess. Sure. sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and someone bought it. So. Wow. Yeah. It, I remember watching you on Instagram this past year. And you really, were really vulnerable about your frustrations. And. Yeah. And the process and the journey. And I, I, I feel like that's super important for people to see because we always want We always see those Instagram people right. with, I got a book and you know, they're all of a sudden huge, but to watch you go through the process, just to be honest, from my perspective was really encouraging. Yeah. Well, I, the thing is what was so frustrating and hard about it for me was that every publisher would be like, we really love your book and we love your writing, but you're not famous enough, basically. Oh, I <laughs> like, You don't have enough of What's a platform. platform? Mm. And, um, I had tried a few years ago, I had tried like all the Michael Hyatt, you know, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> what yes. you have to do to build your platform. So and stressful. It was so hard for me. And, um, I just bottomed out and I heard the Lord just say to me, like, what does it profit a woman? to gain Mm -hmm. the whole world and lose her soul. And I just knew he was Mm -hmm. telling me, you just weren't made for that work. You know, Mm -hmm. you weren't made for that. Some people can do that and it's it's life giving for them and they're great at it, you know, and that's how I made them. I did not create you to do that. And so, um, I mean, I kind of feel like I need to sit on that for a minute. (laughs) So good. Yeah. And, and so part of it was, I just kind of responded back to the Lord, like, well then, I'm just going to do what I do and you're going to have to do all the rest, you know? Yeah. And so that's um, a great idea. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a, it's such a good idea. It's such a new idea. (laughs) Oh, you should write that down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally new concept. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, getting holy guacamole, I feel a million times over, like it's a fluke and like, it's just pure grace and a gift and just fun. It's just fun to get to do it. You know, well, I think it's encouraging. I even heard this. I wish I could remember who it was, but it was a couple weeks ago where a girl who like you was writing a book and she doesn't have the platform. Like, I don't, I mean, right. And no, she I said, don't technically she said, have the platform. You know, like, what the agents say, like the mm-hmm. 10 and the 20 yes. and the million, you know, all that stuff. And, um, and she's like, but if it's God's will, that's right. Then it is. Yeah. And she even said that line. She said, I only had a thousand followers. She's like, it wasn't about my platform. And I think we need to hear that. Like yes. I, we get so involved with platform, no matter the influencers on social media, all these things, whether you're in whatever sales you're in or it's ministry, whatever to know that if it's God's in it, then do the work, yes. your part. Yes. But at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that, um, just we swim in a cultural soup mm-hmm. of fame. One of the chapters in my books about fame, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we just swim in that cultural soup. You know, it's just hard yeah. to get away from feeling like, um, like in order to be influential, you have to have this huge 
following. Yeah. And I think that that's number one, unbiblical because mm. Jesus had 12 followers essentially. <laughs> and even, yeah, that is so- <laughs> and I mean, granted he had yeah. thousands that would yeah. come listen to him, but then you hear the stuff he says, he said stuff to make people leave. Like yeah. he told whole crowds of people to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Yeah. Like that's weird. Yeah. You know, that's right. not how you build a you know, big church. So, um, it's true. <laughs> he kind of offended people away, you know, constantly yeah. telling the Pharisees this about them, the Sadducees that, I mean, he just didn't, he did not have a strategy for building a big platform. Mm-hmm. He just did what God called him to do. And the most powerful thing he did, he did with zero people backing him, you know, yeah. on the cross. And so I think that we forget that it's an upside down kingdom. And yeah. so little seeds grow into big trees. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, my husband and I, well, I made him watch this video with me. Mm-hmm. It was um, a video of Eugene Peterson. He wrote the Message Bible. Oh, okay. And it's like an interview. There are multiple interviews with him. They're super interesting if you Google them. Um, there's one with him and Bono, which is so oh, fascinating. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah, and they, but they tell the story in one of them of the Message Bible. And he's just a pastor of a little tiny church, I believe, in Maryland. And uh, his, he felt like his people weren't connecting with the scripture when they would do the mm. reading that day on Sundays. So he started using his Greek and Hebrew that he had learned in seminary mm-hmm. to translate the Bible into modern language. I love the message his, Bible. Yes. And his people started really connecting with it in new ways. Yeah. And he sought giving life to them. So he eventually did the mm. whole New Testament, published it. And then he did the Old Testament, published it, and now we have the Message Bible, and he's with Jesus, and we still have all that That work he did. That was just this past year, right? Yes. Can you imagine what he heard when he got, you know? No. That's a lot of work. I know. We I was like, Morgan, you have to watch this video with me. So we were watching it, and and just blown away by some small thing a pastor did for his church turned Mm -hmm. into this worldwide thing. Like, that wasn't his plan, you know? And so I think that we lose sight of... Uh, sometimes that our small acts of obedience yeah. just can grow into things that we wouldn't have known they would ever become, Yeah, you know, and it's just worth actually obeying Jesus mm-hmm. and doing the thing that, you know, is loving to yeah. the people around you, you know, and letting it, letting him do the rest, yeah. letting him make it whatever he wants to make it, you know, I love it. Yeah. So we kind of went off, but I kind of want to dig in more to your book a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> and then Super we'll do okay. like an after commercial. We'll talk about gather her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, but during this process, just, I think people would like to hear, Yeah. like, how long did it take? What, who, who is it for? And what is the heartbeat? Which okay. you said a little bit. Yes. Of course. But we just want to know more. Okay. Okay. Well, so this title is Holy Guacamole mm-hmm. because of a, a lunch I had with a friend a few years ago. <laughs> um, I was eating in a Tex-Mex place with my friend Quinn. And here she, in Austin, Texas. Here in Austin. So good. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one. It was down 360. They're all good. All good. And, you know, we had kind of been there through the whole lunch crowd. And it mm-hmm. was in a, a place where a lot of people, like, had to go back to work. You know, it wasn't, yeah. no one was lingering. Mm-hmm. So people sort of ate and left. But the restaurant hadn't cleared all the tables yet. So, you know, it's still kind of like that after lunch glow. Mm-hmm. And she randomly... Uh, looked at me and was like, so what's it really like to be a pastor's wife? Mm. And, um, she's someone I can be super honest with, but I was thinking like, I mean, how honest do you want me to be? <laughs> Cause it was never my plan to be a pastor's wife. So sort of shocked to my system. Yeah. 
Um, and there was no walking into it knowing what was about to happen. No. And I didn't grow up in the church, so Mm -hmm. also, like, definitely a learning curve. Yeah, Yeah. there's that. (laughs) So. At least everything's brand new. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Scratch. (laughs) And so I was sitting there, and I looked at my plate, you know, and it's, of course, the enchiladas are gone, and there's, like, mm-hmm. just the rice and beans left on my plate. Mm-hmm. Quinn has rice and beans on her plate. I look around, and it's, like, every plate in the place is the entree's missing. Mm. There's rice and beans still on wow. 98% of the uh-huh. plates. And I'm like, you know, sometimes being a pastor's wife is like being rice and beans on a plate of Tex-Mex. Like, no one ordered me. I just <laughs> sort of came with my husband. And they don't really expect me to be all that great. Mm. They just kind of hope I'm not terrible. Oh. (laughs) It's really sad. (laughs) It's hard to be a pastor's wife. But do you think that's what they really think? No, I think that's how it feels. That's how you felt. Yeah. I don't think that's how it really is. Our church is awesome. They love me. They're so supportive of me. They're incredible. But this was also many years ago, Mm -hmm. and I was very new to it. And you hadn't found your voice yet. Hadn't figured out who I was. I was Mm -hmm. trying to fit inside boxes that other people had built for pastor's wives. You know, like pastor's wives are supposed to be musical. Pastor's wives are supposed to be prayer warriors. Pastor's Mm -hmm. wives are supposed to be moms who have it together. (laughs) (laughs) These things I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And I hadn't really figured out like how to be me yeah and be married to the pastor mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so um but Quinn I said that and she just looked at me and she was like but you're not rice and beans you're tableside guacamole Aww. I know she's a really good friend that is so good and I just realized like as I really sat with that and let it sink in mm-hmm. Um, it sort of started to create this book idea, but I didn't know it was a book idea. Like Mm I, you know, it just was this sort of foundational marker in my life where I decided that there are just no left out leftover people, you know, there's no one that doesn't count or that's not valuable or that should Mm -hmm. ever feel like they don't count or they're not Mm -hmm. valuable. And I just started to really understand that God's purpose is in each one of us. Yeah. And that purpose is actually not about achieving or becoming Mm -hmm. famous or accumulating wealth or any of the things that our culture tells us to do. It really is about being loved and belonging Mm -hmm. and then pouring that love out into the world. And so the book is for anyone who has ever felt left out. It's for anyone Mm -hmm. who's ever wondered, do I really have a purpose? Is there really something in this ordinary life of mine that God could use? Um, It's for anyone who feels worn out by the high pressure, high pace of Mm -hmm. our our culture and the hustle and all the messages we get all the time to be more and be better. Because I just really believe that God's not looking for a better version of you. You know, like he's not, he's not waiting for you to fit inside a box. He just really wants you to know that he adores you and that he created you for a purpose Mm -hmm. and he's not going to let that die. So that's who the book's for. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. I can't wait to read it because everything you just said, you know, that's my whole mission and passion or whatever you want to say is to let everybody know they have a purpose. That's why we even do this. Yes. So that people aren't left on the sidelines. And so I think that's so important. I don't think there's enough women 
on the platform, on the mic or whatever that are, that's saying that. And yeah. it's kind of a new concept, I think. I think in a lot in of ways church, it is. Like, I think yeah. in the church world, I think that because women have not led yeah, in the traditional sense. Yeah, in the traditional sense, because we've sort of led behind the scenes, mm-hmm. we have lost our voices in mm-hmm. some ways. And there's a whole chapter about that in my book. <laughs> um, how many chapters are there? There's twelve chapters. Wow. Yeah. And can it be done like a Bible study? Like if we want to get a group together? There is. So what I did, so there's the whole, the chapters of the book. And then at the end of the book, I put together like, I call it making holy guacamole, this little section where chapter by chapter, I give you, if you want to do it in a book group, it's perfect for that. You can, something to think about Mm -hmm. from the chapter, like think through something to feel some like soul work to do. And then some like point of action, a doing thing to do. So for each chapter, I wanted to make sure I'm a thinker feeler, not a good doer. Like, Uh you know, doing is harder for me. Uh So, um, I just know that about myself. When I read a book, a lot of times I'm like, "Mm, that book made me feel good and think a lot. (laughs) And then I put the book to the side and like, did that become a part of my life? You know, I have to work to make what I think and feel. I'm a doer. I'm like, did that hurt your feelings? (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I had that flipped off. (laughs) That's right. And that's me with doing. So I wanted to give everybody, number one, if you are like a thinker and you want to think more, there's Mm -hmm. that's there for you. But if you're thinking like, I just want, I need to work on doing. Yeah. I need to work on feeling. I need to work on thinking. It's there to do in a group. And I have different ones. Like they're good talking points and question points for Bible studies. I love it. I'm already planning what Tex-Mex restaurant we're going to do the Bible study at. Perfect. Because how can you read Holy Guacamole? Without that's right, guacamole and Mexican that's food. Right. And mean, I'll say it's like, good. I mean, it's gonna like be. This. It's a fun book for a group because I try to be funny. So I don't know if it will come. You are off. funny. <laughs> you are funny. It should be funny. If it's yeah. not funny, you'll be really feeling sorry for me. Probably. <laughs> Did she mean to say that? Did I know. <laughs> I think it's gonna be funny, and I just want everybody to know. I you gave me a card, some cards with the cover yes. with the guac. And now I really want some guacamole and a good book. So good. And maybe some other things like a drink or something. I don't know. <laughs> something. Something, something like water or Coke. Yes. Um, but anyway, I'm excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Thank we'll you. have to come back after the book is released. Yeah, and, I'd love that. And follow up and see what's all about with us. Ladies, before we dive into Carrie's message from Gather Her, I've got to let you know about November's event with Lindsay Crouch. Lindsay believes in making dreams come true just like us and has worked hard alongside her husband to create and launch the very first seed-based baked goods company called Super Seed Life. Y'all, my favorite are the maple cinnamon donuts, and I am telling the truth when I say I have eaten one donut with my coffee almost every morning this past month and have have not felt guilty at all. Well, Lindsay will be chatting with us at Gather Her about health and hustle because we believe as created women that we are to take care of our bodies so that we can run our race well. Plus, she'll share about her journey of launching their company right here in Austin, Texas. And since November will be all about our fifth principle health, Lindsay is a perfect speaker for next month's Gather Her on November 14th. So mark your calendars and come out to join the fun. And speaking of health, I want to take a moment to introduce you to our new friend at CW, Jessica Arnold. She is our amazing monthly sponsor and founder of Juice and Jess. 
Well, Jessica is passionate about helping women get all the benefits we can just by including fruits and veggies in our diet, including improved skin tone and complexion. Yes, guys, I need that one for sure. Well, for easy solutions to getting more fruits and veggies into your day, follow Juice and Jess on Instagram. And y'all, just so you know, Juice and Jess has an awesome giveaway valued at $110 starting November 1st for National Health and Skin Month. So be sure to follow Juice and Jess for a chance to win. flows together yes we say gather her but really identity you came in and talked about identity and for us what I think is super cool about your book um we have six principles and they go in a certain order and it's dreams and because everyone has a dream which lots of times they don't know it's about their purpose yes but then healing because to get to your dreams you have to get go through some healing after healing you understand more about your identity and once you know your identity you understand your purpose Yes. And so I think it's cool is that you came and talked about identity, but really it's just, you, your book is about purpose. And so they, they just go hand in hand. They do. They and, really do. Yeah. And so when you talked, you just really brought home the idea of kind of what your book was saying about what we need to know about ourselves and in order to just be alive. Right. Yeah. So I just want you to dive into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, all my thoughts on identity even have flown from that holy guacamole story that day with Mm -hmm. Quinn because I'll tell you in community in our church was where I sort of hit my like oh my gosh who am I Mm. who am I supposed to be now I'll say too that that was at that point in time when I had that lunch with with Quinn I probably had a two-year-old a four-year-old, a five-year-old, and a six-year-old. Oh, my goodness. So I was just starting to sort of surface. That was six, seven years ago? Yes. Well, oh, gosh, that would have been like nine years ago. Wow. Maybe they were a little older than that. Maybe three and up. Yes. But my oldest could not. So it was an not... instant. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, it's, it's something God's done in me over time and through yeah. many different, you know, components mm-hmm. and seasons. Um, but... You know, it was like I was coming up out of the early child. You know, you have babies, yeah. and that's such a discombobulating yes. experience because mm-hmm. you lose sleep and energy, and your yeah. whole life just changes, you yeah. know? So I had gone through that, and I was trying to figure out where I was and what I was doing with all that. And then we became pastors when they were tiny. I mean, wow. I had a five year old, a four year old, a three year old, and a one year old, and we started pastoring. Oh my God. Yeah, as bonkers. And so, you know, was I'm trying that to the plan. I know it wasn't for you, but was that his plan? Like, Hey, we're eventually, um, I think that both of us knew eventually we would pastor not so much because like it was a plan, but mm-hmm. okay, at some point, where do you go? Like we were campus ministers yeah, and where do missionaries, you go? we raised our support and then you, know, you can't do that. Some people do that for a long time and yeah. work for like organizations, which yeah. is what we had kind of moved into. Morgan had become the national director for our campus ministry organization, but I mean, we had a lot of talks while he was doing that about if we pastored, what, what, what would that like? look like? Yeah. So it was in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think we expected it so soon yeah. at all. With a one-year-old. No. Yeah. But So you become pastors. Yes. And then? 
Yeah. And so like being in the midst of that community, like threw me off even more, Yeah, you know, with this new role that I didn't understand. And we became the pastors of a church that had been through massive trauma mm-hmm. for many years and it was maybe not going to make it. And we, oh, wow. <laughs> we weren't yeah. sure we could pay the church's mortgage every month. You know, I mean, no it just way. was, oh, that is so hard. Yeah. Like we, I was house shopping in other cities, like wondering if we would be moving in the first year because we just wow. didn't know, just coming up with a plan. Like yes. where, where would we go? Who would hire us? What would we do if we had to close the doors of the church? Wow. Yeah. Because the church bought the building when there were 700 people coming and there were 150 people coming. No. Yeah. So, so you really had to come in and mm-hmm. do damage control mm-hmm. while you have four kids. Yes. And there were wonderful, awesome people in the church. Just yeah. not very many. Right. So. <laughs> Well, you don't need a lot, just a few good ones. That's right. That's We had awesome people, <laughs> wonderful people. And um, so I was figuring out my role and how I did that. Mm-hmm. And um, the amazing thing is I hit the wall a couple of years after Quinn and I had that talk and mm-hmm. just was very depressed, very broken, mm-hmm. ended up in therapy, like, please mm-hmm. put me back together. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. It was great. A great season hard season, but so good. So needed. Um, and got through all of that. And, you know, our church was so good to me during that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I realized through all that season, one of the things I talked about at gather her was to run back to your community, you know, after you get, you figure out who you really are after Jesus really talks with you or Mm -hmm. tells you something true, take it back Mm -hmm. to the people he's given you because, I know in my own life, I would not know who I was if it weren't for our community. Yeah. You know, being loved by people who, you know, like don't have to love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not going to see you at the holidays. That's right. <laughs> people who choose to love you, even though you're different than they are. And our church is diverse in every possible way. And we mm-hmm. don't all have common backgrounds and common church backgrounds, common life backgrounds. Yeah. It's just such a, it's such a very diverse place. And people have chosen to love me, even though I'm super different than they are, you Mm. know, and there's just a real gospel message in that, you know, because I remember one day I realized like, oh yeah, like how we like weren't like Jesus at all. And he chose to love us, (laughs) you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. just totally a different people than he was. He was God and, um, perfect. And we weren't, you know, and, uh. So I do think community has a huge Mm -hmm. part to play in that and, um, that you don't ever really know who you are until you're loved by people, Mm. by a people, you know, and I think that's why my book is about belonging and belovedness because I think they go hand in hand. I think you, you know, you're loved Mm -hmm. when you belong and you belong when you know you're loved. I don't think you can have one without the other, you know? So what, what, what do you do when you're that person that has isolated themselves so much yeah. And then you find you hear, or you're hearing this and you're like, I don't have community. I think you start with what seems most obvious. And mm-hmm. my guess would be, and I think wiring is different. I'm an introvert. Yeah. So, um, I definitely recharge on my own. I would be more prone to isolating myself mm-hmm. than ever to like overextending myself, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and which is why probably ministry was such a stretch for me and yeah. took such so much for me to learn to hand, learn, learn how to do. 
But um, I think that probably you look for the people that you can trust mm-hmm. and just start small, even if it's yeah. just one person, you know, yeah. or two people. Start a book club, you know, read a book with somebody. Mm-hmm. Just have coffee once a month. I think just reaching and be the out. Asker. Yeah, being the asker. And just knowing, like, it may not always be that person may not end up being your forever community member. You know, that church might not be the right one, but I think stepping out and letting God lead you. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something to be said for just trying in faith, you know, and seeing where God ends up planning you. Well, you talked about how you talked about the Samaritan woman and you talked about how there are modern day wells Yes, about where we can find community and what that does for us. Yeah. And I loved your illustration about it because you, you were talking about how we put duct tape over our hurts and our pains. And it was so, I, I you, you were so funny anyway and transparent that I just loved how you went from this whole record, trying to recognize our imperfections and where we're hurt and how we cover it up into what we need to do. And one of the things that you said was how to worship, to be vulnerable and to worship. And can you just talk about that a little bit? Cause that was one of my favorites is yeah. just to be transparent with people and vulnerable. And I don't know if that's something that we all know how to do. Right. And who to do it with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think vulnerability is very uncomfortable space. Mm-hmm. Um, for most of us. Yeah. And I think that in order to really, though, connect with people relationally, vulnerability has to be present. I mean, you can't possibly build a deep relationship with someone if they can't be vulnerable with you. Yeah. Right. Because it will all be surface mm-hmm. and it'll be fine, but it won't mm-hmm. be the kind of thing where you can text them and say, oh my gosh, I just can't even deal with my day. I blew it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I was telling my husband, we, the other night we're at dinner with some friends and <laughs> the husband of the couple we were having dinner with was, they were talking all of a sudden about how he always breaks everything, you know, <laughs> like he's real clumsy and he breaks stuff all the time and they're laughing about, you know, whatever. Well, we have a child who's like that. Oh. And I said, oh my gosh, that's just like this one, you know? <laughs> and it was this moment where my little preteen son who well, teenage, he's not preteen anymore, but my teenage son who could feel really bad about the fact that, and he has mm. before said to me, mom, why am I always the one who breaks everything? <laughs> oh, I think vulnerable. I'm going to go down the same journey with one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. It's such vulnerable space, but this group of people here, all there are nine of us around the table yeah. and we are all just loving these two people mm-hmm. and who are admitting their little vulnerable thing and I've said to that boy before my son it's just because God made you to hit things you know he's he made you to be a fighter like you can't help it right like stuff breaks it's okay it's okay I guess but go get a good job (laughs) you know we've had talks about you just have to learn to be more aware and pay attention you know I mean there's Obviously, there are things you can do to avoid (laughs) being the one who breaks the very expensive family heirlooms. (laughs) Has that happened? Um, Occasion? I think it happened once. Yeah. But usually it's it's like a window. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. That's still. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something you have to, it's to the point you have to call somebody to fix it. It's not that's, just like, just throw it in the trash. That's right. You have to call somebody. That's right. That's oh. right. It's always a little hard. So we'll, yeah. when he starts driving, it'll be interesting. But <gasps> Stay off the roads. Yes. <laughs> just for <laughs> a few months. But, um, but I was, we were, I was, we were talking about vulnerability, Morgan and I were after that lunch. And I said, you know, it's just so important to have people who you can talk about, you know, this is, this is part of the cost of being in relationship with me. I might break your stuff, Mm. you know, like me personally, I have other costs. Every human being has a cost Mm -hmm. and being in relationship. Nobody is costless except maybe Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, and sell your life. You yeah. Know? <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> Not so costless anymore, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's a free gift, yeah. but it costs quite a bit. A lot. Yeah. So I think that when we're talking about vulnerability, we're talking really about being able to be who you really are and be loved the way you really mm-hmm. are. And that's why it's so important to know who you are, mm. know what you cost people. Yeah. Oh, You know, like we all cost something and it, but knowing that helps me have more grace for people when they cost me, you know, my gosh, I wonder if I should go ask my husband, what do I cost you? It's not a bad question for someone who's safe. I'm afraid of what he'll say. (laughs) It'll be so much not as bad as you think. Yeah, maybe. It will not be that bad. I'll text you later. First, ask him what he gets out of you. <laughs> what is your favorite thing I do for you? Okay, yeah. let's talk about that for a few minutes. Okay, yeah. Like you then, get, that should be a longer list. What's the hard thing? Yeah. Oh, that's a hard question. It is. Hard to ask, but not hard to answer. Right, but if you find out that the answer isn't that bad, think how deep, Yeah. what that does for your relationship. Yeah, you know, for like sure. When he's like, I mean, you know, I know. Yeah. I only say that because I've had that conversation with my husband. Oh, I asked him once, um, I can't remember what it was, but I said, do you feel like, cause I'm very emotional. I'm a very feely mm-hmm. person and I know it can be a lot for people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it for your husband though? Well, I asked him that. Oh. I was scared to ask him, but I said, so I know that sometimes <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I can be a little much like <laughs> I go from really, really happy to really, really angry, like Mm -hmm. so fast, you know, or really sad. I mean, I'll just start crying when we start talking about something and you've, I'm pulling you down to the feely place with me, you know? And I said, is, do you ever feel like it's too much? Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, I've never felt like it's too much. Oh yes. Which is, he scored some points that day. Major points. Yeah. And, um, and like, let me know, yes, I need to be aware of how I'm roller coastering through life. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not wearing on him. Yeah. You know, and we've had this conversation. So if it ever does get to be a little like, he could probably say like, okay, so it's never been too much before, but this yes, is, this a is lot. way too much. <laughs> Remember that question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean by that transparency, that vulnerability creates just a connection at a level yeah. That you're afraid to connect at, but that is so, so valuable when you get there. Yeah. I I remember you had three questions and I wish I could remember. I should have brought them with me. But, you know, after you spoke, we all had our own little like girl talk group. And one question was something to the fact of like, what have you put duct tape over your life? Yeah. So that people don't see. And it was so interesting. We all sat in silent for like a minute. Like, who's going first? Right. (laughs) 
Exactly. Are you going to go first? And so, um, but what's interesting, what I found interesting, uh, a conversation that started between two girls at our table, one girl was saying, I feel like I'm not where I know my history. I know my past. I feel like I'm not worthy to speak into someone's life because of A, B, and C, and D. She didn't tell us, and I, I really wanted to ask, like, what is that? No. <laughs> yeah, let's go deeper. Let's in your life, deeper. but maybe not right, in mine. Not mine, but yours. <laughs> and, and she looked across the table at another girl who confessed how, you know, she was just a good girl growing up. And, um, I mean, had some things, and she looked at her and said, you know, someone like you who's never been through anything, and she said, well, that's interesting. The other girl, she said, because I feel like because I am vanilla, because she called her vanilla, right. she literally called her, because I am vanilla, I can't help people that have been through stuff. Yeah. And it was both, both of them had this, oh, like what lies we're hearing so we don't help each other. Right. You know, neither one That's felt right. worthy to help the other, so nobody did anything. That's right. Because the devil can use anything. Yeah. <laughs> he can use anything. Yeah. To so keep us quiet. that, just so you know. That's awesome. I love that story. I know it's such a great example of how, if we don't voice our deepest, um, trap, right? Like it's just, it's a, it's a snag. It's a Mm -hmm. thing you're covering up that you're trying to pretend like it's not really there. You know, like I know that God loves me and I'm going to pretend like I'm not afraid that my past Mm -hmm. is too much for me to be able to be used by God. I'm, I know that I'm being a good girl is too much and you keep kind of living out, but then you never get to really experience the fact that actually, believe it or not, none of that has any bearing on whether or not God wants to use you or meet you or talk to you or move in your life. Like he's paid zero attention to any of that as far as your value goes. Yeah. Not that he doesn't want you to live, be more set free from the things that hold you back. Not that he doesn't want to increase your courage. Not that he doesn't want to, you know, grow you. God Mm -hmm. always wants to grow us. But I don't think that God sees us the way we see ourselves. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, it's hard to imagine, but he sees us. He's always seen us before we were ever born. Yeah. And he can see us in the future. Like he can see us already in heaven. It's a little weird, right? It's a little weird. Yeah. So I think that God's perspective is super uh, different. So one of the things you said or there were four points that I really loved. You said, if you, you've been saved so that you can be sent. Yes. And I love that. I think so often we'll, you know, accept Jesus. And then we just kind of like, Oh, live the good life. But there were four things you said to be sent. And I'm just going to read them real quick and okay. then you can chime in or expand on them. But uh, I'm a note taker. Great. So <laughs> love it. So you said, refuse to live with duct tape. They can't hold you together. That's, scary. So what we just talked about was the vulnerability. And then number two is let's go, let God's word quench our thirst. We are really thirsting for him. And you talked about how we look for other things mm-hmm. and then bring all of who you are to God. He already knows it and run back to your community, which we already talked about. But I think that's one of the best ones. Yeah. Yeah. You really just brought it home. You're really good. Oh, I think you should you. be speaking everywhere <laughs> and bring the I'm rain like you right here. <laughs> And it'll rain. Bonus. It'll rain. If there's a desert kind of city right. around that needs, you know, <laughs> desperately, then contact Carrie Stevens. So funny. So uh, just as we wrap up, I just want to encourage our listeners with one last thought. If they're struggling with this whole identity, where to start or where to go, or if they're stuck and they know who they are and just maybe find themselves stuck, 
Yeah. What do you What do you suggest? Oh gosh, to really, really if do I some identity work. <laughs> buy my book. Um, <laughs> no, between now and February. Um, I mean, I think there are a lot of resources out there, things that have helped me besides just having friends I can be honest with, which I think I would say, make a list of the friends you think you can really be honest with and set aside some time to be deliberate and having that conversation with them. You know, I think that in our text and go Mm -hmm. world, we very easily, we're all so busy in our lives. I think that we miss out on purposely telling our friends what they mean to us. Mm-hmm. So I think making space for intentional yeah. community is really important in growing our identities. Um, I like, I personally really like, um, uh, personality things to help me that has oh, helped yes, me. Yes. I love those. Okay. So what personality tests have you done? Okay. Well, so I've done a lot. So yeah. Um, I've done Myers-Briggs, I've done StrengthsFinder, I've done mm-hmm. Enneagram. I love StrengthsFinders, that's okay. my favorite. Well, my husband teaches StrengthsFinder. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's like a StrengthsFinder guru. So uh, those are my probably three favorite yeah. that I have. Myers-Briggs, StrengthsFinders, and Enneagram. Okay, what? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I haven't talked the, talk, done the Enneagram yet. I feel like I'm being the rebellious person because everybody's talking about it. I know, it. I know. But I, So I will tell you about StrengthsFinders. <laughs> so what are, what are your top three strengths? Uh, my top are empathy. Oh, that's so good. Uh, communication, uh-huh. individualization, mm-hmm. developer, and I always forget one. Uh, and there's a fifth one. There's a fifth. There are top five. Four, I don't know if I know my top. I know my top three like that. Yeah. What are and your top I, three? Um, input, mm-hmm. futuristic, and learner. Okay. And empathy is way down. It's way down. <laughs> You're like way down. We need down. to probably hang out more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tag team. Yes. Like, you have that right. You're going to take her. That's right. That's right. I can tell her what her future looks like, but you have to tell her how to get in the, the yes. dirty. Yes. Yeah. I'll be like, I feel you. I she will like, take you into your future, and I will feel along with I you. I will feel along with the you. The whole way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You need both. That's right. Yeah. So, Enneagram, what number are you, and what does it mean? Because I have no clue. Okay, Enneagram, I'm a four. Okay, that's I'm creative, a, right? Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like our la- our Alaska, or someone I just talked to was a four, and she talked about it, but... Yeah, so uh, the fours in the Enneagram are doing repressed, hence the no doing. We're very feely. <laughs> um, we have to work hard to bring up doing. But yes, we're very feeling-oriented, so yeah. we feel first, for sure. Uh, I think that's a great trait as a pastor. I mean, it's a great trait, whatever, because we yeah. should. But, and like, you know, you were wondering, I feel like yeah, we're you're pro- approachable. Yes. I, I hope so. Very approachable. I hope we're approachable. Um, fours are very comfortable in suffering. Mm. So grieving is not that we want right. to be sad at all, but I'm the person you should call, like, when everything has gone badly and you just need somebody to tell you, like, that sucks. And I'm here mm. with you. Like I'm, I'm all for that space. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to record your number. Yeah. <laughs> In case of emergency. In case of emergency. Carrie. Carrie will care. Yes, that's right. So, um, yeah, we're very melancholy. We're, we are creative. A mm-hmm. lot of artists are fours because yeah. we're so feeling driven. Well, you wrote a book. You yeah. Just and we love book. beauty. So fours love beautiful things. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that. Yeah. All right. Here's our fat three fast questions. Okay. I think I know the first one. Cause our first question is, um, what's your next b- 
big God-sized dream? Well, it's, yeah, launching my book. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you get to go on tour? Well, I'm, I'm figuring all that out right now. Yes. I want to, at least around kind of Texas. Yeah, for so sure. It's a little weird with launching a book in February when you have four kids in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, and you know, the way school works, I don't know our schedule yeah. for February and March till like January 30th. So yeah, I, well, we'll figure it out. But yeah. I would like to, I would If you had like to. a dream tour destination. Oh, like your agent said, Carrie, the whole world wants you. <laughs> Just yes, <laughs> like the place I'd want to visit as yeah. an excuse. Yeah, like I will do my book tour signing here. Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to like not. I'm trying to be somewhat realistic with my answer. No, that's what I got. No, that I'm telling you to dream. If you could go anywhere. <sighs> Well, you said earlier, your pre-life before marriage, yes. you wanted to go to Europe. Uh, yes, I've been. I've been to France a few times. I have friends you who. Have? Yes, I have friends who are church planners in Marseille. Oh, bless their hearts! So we go help them. Yeah, somebody has to. Someone if has to need, do it for they, Jesus. I'll go next time. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, yes. Yeah. Paris would be amazing. Italy would be amazing. All of it. I would. That would be. Yeah. Spain, incredible. Mm-hmm. It would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. Take me next time. Yes. I'll be your assistant in your book tour if you go That's to France. perfect. I will let for you know. For sure. For sure. Okay. Um, what can you, what fashion trend or item can you not leave the house without? Are you loving right now? Um, it can be either or or both. Okay. Well, I'm all about my glasses. I keep You have different new. colors. I do have different glasses. I like my glasses, although I've had to switch to bifocals, which are a lot more expensive. <laughs> so we're whittling down the options because I've got old lady eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome you to always do 40s. have some really fun glasses. I do. I love and I need them. Like I really can't yeah, see without them. But if you have to, if you have to do yes. something, why not make it fun? And exactly. Cool. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Okay. Finish the statement. I was created to love Jesus. That's all it's about. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Yeah. Hey, ladies. I hope you enjoyed your time today. And if you want more, and I know you do, head on over to the Created Woman website at createdwoman.net or follow us on social media for a dose of faith and fashion every Monday and Wednesday with our weekly online devotionals. Also, we would love to meet you face-to-face at our monthly event called Gather Her. At Gather Her, you'll find a community of women learning to dream, live life on purpose, and explore our faith. It's a special evening where you can connect with your girl tribe, meet other dream launcher friends, and it's absolutely free. Well, all right, friends, if you like the show, help others find us too by hitting the subscribe button and giving us a review. Plus, you'll be the first to know when a new episode is available. Well, thanks for listening today. I hope it inspired you to take a dream step towards your guide-sized dream and share your story too. Well, this has been the Created Woman Podcast, and I'm your host, Heather Frierson.